Well, speaking of Trevor, right. we're going to call righty from the bullpen here. Um, yeah. We're going to do our best uh, bullpen call here. We've got our closer popping in for the bottom of the ninth oh, yeah. here. Did I wait? Did I mess this up? Here we go. That was anticlimactic on my part. I need the passing <laughs> button here. Oh man, I messed this up. Rosenthal <laughs> <laughs> back with us. If it, it feels like you were just here a few weeks ago, yeah, Ryan. Seriously? So, ha- thanks again for joining us. Um, obviously, tonight we're doing a live stream to raise money for Big League Impact, and you're uh, an ambassador for them, player rep for them, and so. Trevor, thanks for joining us again, man. We really appreciate it. How have the last few weeks been for you since we last chatted? Yeah, yeah, man. Um, thanks for thanks for bringing me in here to close it out. I I was expecting maybe um, like an entrance, some sort of like entrance <laughs> song, you know, the lights go out, some some oh, flashing strobes oh, yeah. or something. But no, uh, yeah, I'm becoming a regular on here, man. <laughs> that's that's I mean, the best we got. <laughs> I love this uh, this whole setup we have here. This this banner. I mean, you guys are just killing it. I love it. But yeah, happy to be back on here. Happy to be joining the Newton News, becoming a regular guest. Um, how's it been? How's the day been going so far? The last few hours. It's been a ton fun. of fun. I feel like it's yeah. gone by quicker than I thought it would. I thought four hours would be tough, but like especially every 30 minutes, new people coming in. It's been yeah. I feel like lively chatter. And we've got we've got another guest here as well. JD Haffron from the Lockdown Podcast is going to join yes. us for the last 30. He's got his festive gear on. What's up, JD? Ooh. What's up, boys? Andrew, <laughs> we shop at the same store. What up? <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, Trevor, could you tell us a little bit about your involvement with Big League Impact for anyone who's listening? We've tried to plug different things about it throughout the stream, but I mean, you've got a partnership with them, so you know them well. Yeah, no, they've they've been awesome, man. And it's really cool to see how the work they're doing has grown so much. I mean, I remember back in whenever, I think, Wayno and... um, when he started this adventure, it was, you know, doing some fantasy football and then the events just kind of kept coming up and they, the events are amazing. So if anybody ever has a chance to get invited to do an event for big league impact, I know they do um, some top golf and some other things that I've been a part of that are so fun, but um, you really get to, you know, meet a lot of different players and spend time with guys in a setting that you might not normally be able to experience, but um, aside from the fundraising, the the way they're able to use these funds to directly help um, people in need is tremendous. And I know Adam and myself are, and a lot of other guys too, are very passionate about seeing that that action take place firsthand. We've traveled to um, different parts of the world and, and seen projects being developed or deployed. And um, to see actually that that hard-earned money being put to use is, I mean, it's just so rewarding. And um, it, it's no, it's not a surprise that someone like Adam Wainwright could could evolve a a, a positive action like this, like he has. So um, yeah, good for you guys to keep it going. And I, I know they appreciate all the help that they can get. Kevin, yeah, thanks. We really appreciate you you hopping on with us to to close it out here. Um, as we as we approach the end of the stream, but um, yeah, we just wanted to to talk a little bit more. Um, we know your fastball is amazing, always uh, topping out triple digits uh, as it was um, uh, back in the Cardinal days. So, um, as you prepare to to come back to the major leagues, um, do you think you're going to be throwing that uh, 
as often as you were before in the future. You don't you don't have to answer this if, if you're giving away secrets, but um, <laughs> interesting. Yeah, it is. Um, it's like a blessing and a curse, you know, because it's like the fastball is is great. And um, it, it's a pitch that has served me very well. I've had a lot of success. Um, but at the same time, there there is a pitchability aspect. I mean, there's other ways to get out and to be effective. Um, and that's something that I hope to evolve. Uh, but at the same time, when you come into a game and you're blowing it past people and you're lighting up the radar gun, it's hard not to just keep throwing down number one. I know working with Yachty, it seemed like he loved it. Like he's just like, yeah, let's let's just keep let's, it's working. Why try and fix something that's not broke? Uh, keep pumping the heater. But no, I think, um, you know, to extend my career and to continue to be an effective pitcher, it's, there's going to be an evolution at some point. I would imagine that takes place. Who knows if that's now or 10 years from now, um, Lord willing. But no, I, 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 I like the game. I, I love baseball. I love everything that goes into pitching. And I, I certainly have developed other pitches, but um, I would I would like to continue to learn how to be more effective in other ways um, in the future. That's that's crazy because, I mean, we were looking at – I was looking at your, like, baseball savant page, and your fastball always grades out well. But in your last big league action, your secondary stuff graded out really well too. Um, and so I was interested in that. Obviously, Andrew's asking about how you're going to evolve as a pitcher. I want to ask one more question about your fastball, though. What was it like the first time you like broke triple digits? What was it like the first time you saw a radar gun and it's like, wow, I just threw that a hundred miles an hour. What was that feeling like? <laughs> I'm trying to think like exactly. I know there was, there was a time, my first big league spring training camp um, in 2012, where I think that, that might've been the first time I, I hit triple digits. I'm not sure. I can't remember exactly, but I know it, I have, I had a friend at that time text me and he said, man, like you hit a hundred miles per hour. Like, that's crazy. Like, how did that feel? And I'm like, I replied, I was like, this, the, the radar, the stadium radar gun is probably wrong. It probably wasn't hundred miles an hour. Um, so like that being said, I haven't ever just really put too much emphasis on like what that meant. I think the, the radar gun and velocity can get over valued or, or over dramatized at times and um from a player's perspective i think it's it's just more important like i was talking about like just focusing on getting the outs focus on being uh fundamentally sound and, and just playing the game and, and not so much of how hard you're throwing a ball or how far you're hitting it but um no it's a, it's a surreal feeling and i guess for me maybe i'm just a little bit a little bit naive because it's just what I've done. And it's just, it's just kind of normal to me, but um, it, it's a, I, I can say that when you're standing on the mound 60 feet away from a hitter and you're throwing a hundred miles per hour, it, it feels really like an unfair advantage. Like I'm thinking to myself, there's no way these guys have any chance to hit this ball. That's awesome. Uh, I got a question for you, Trevor. Uh, What's up, JD? Were Were you ever scared to shake off Yachty in your career? Like when he throws <laughs> down the sign, did you ever go, nah, nah, that's not what I'm doing. That's a terrible idea, Yachty. 
Yeah, that's I get that question so much, and it's <laughs> it's something that guys talk about, especially with you know you're a rookie, you're just coming up, and it's like, hey, like how, like how does this work? Like, are we supposed to shake them off or we're not? <laughs> it's, it's pretty funny. Um, no, I, I mean I would say that when you start working with Yachty, like you begin to understand you begin to develop a confidence in, in the numbers that, you know, the fingers that he's putting down because you see how much work he goes into it. Obviously he has a ton of experience from behind the plate, but before each game, he's doing his homework. He has a plan. He, he has a, an idea of how he wants to get guys out. Um, but I do shake him off. I have, sh- I have shaken him off and guys do, and it's a normal thing. And, and it's, how, it's how it all works. But there was one time we were in Milwaukee. Oh. We were in Milwaukee and, uh, I came in and it was early in my career. I came in, I think maybe in the seventh or eighth inning to get somebody out of a jam. And we got, you know, a couple pitches into the at bat and he threw down signs. I think he was calling for a changeup maybe. And um, I shook him off and he was like, no, no, like kept giving me like, this is what you're going to throw. And I was like, no, I, I just don't like that. So I kept shaking off. He calls timeout. It, middle of that comes out and talks to me i'm like oh no like this is <laughs> this is not good <laughs> he, he really was so it, it was great though he came out to the battle we talked about it and um we ended up throwing a fastball strike three got him out everything was good no uh no animosity was held but that was the one time that i remember i'm like oh no like should i have shaken him off right there like <laughs> he's coming out to talk to me what's gonna happen <laughs> He didn't give you the uh, the Crash Davis business where he told the hitter what they what you were throwing so he could hit a bowl or something like that out in right field. I mean, maybe he did. Maybe he did, and I just got lucky and snuck it by him. That would be great. I'll have to ask him. <laughs> oh, that's incredible. Something obviously you talked about Yachty's game plan prep, and he's just he's just. I mean, it's just hard to put into context or put into words all the stuff he does for that. When you think about your preparation, when you're uh, going through the 162 game season, you're coming up on a new series. What does it look like to prep for an opposing lineup so that when you come into the game, you know what pitches you're wanting to throw to who, how you're wanting to attack hitters? Yeah, it's pretty fun. Um, guys go about it in a lot of different ways. This morning, I actually had a good conversation with the Cardinals hitting coach, um, Turner Ward. And and I would say, like, especially early, early in my career, that's where I gained a lot of my knowledge on, on how to approach in that bat and how to a game plan for a hitter. Um, I would spend mm-hmm. a lot of time in the cage with John Mabry and, and Mark McGuire. And I was just going in there because as a relief pitcher, there's really not a whole lot else that I, I was doing and talking about, like this was during spring training. Like I would get to the field early, get my stuff done and, um, wander around and, and go see what, what uh, kind of information I could pick up. So I would hang out with these guys and through that experience, they were really helpful of, of, you know, while they were flipping guys batting practice in the cage, they would tell me like, Hey, like you see when the ball is here and you see his bat path, you see where the ball's going. And they're just giving me little nuances that I was able to pick mm-hmm. up. And then, so what that translated into in my game planning throughout the season is we get access to video either through an iPad or a computer. Um, and we have a video team that puts all that information together for us. And I would use, I really like to use video. Some guys are more like, um, you know, printed out stats and, um, you know, and, and they analyze the statistics that way. I like to look at the video and see 
what a guy's timing looked like, see what pitches he was struggling with, see what his recent bat, at bats, what he was doing, and, and specifically pairing him up with other pitchers that have an arsenal like mine. And that gave me a good idea of, of what, what I was going to do for each player. And so I would take some notes, write them down, and then eventually take those notes, condense them into like a small index card. So whenever mm-hmm. the, the whatever the lineup was, I would have just a few little notes of like, okay, this is a, a sequence or a locations that I, I'm going to try and get to with this guy that I know if I can execute my pitch, I'm going to have a, a strong advantage. So um, that was more or less my process. And it's, it's always evolving and, and teams have a little bit different approaches. And it's actually surprising how much work goes into the analytics for each pitcher. Yeah. But at the end of the day, uh, we joked because especially in the bullpen, we, you know, we have a lot of time to spend with each other and chat and we get all of this information coming down from the front office, from the video guys, from, um, the, the analytical department. And, and at the end of the day, it's like, if you just execute your pitches, you know, up and in, down and away, uh, get ahead of the fastball and no off speed in the dirt. Like you're going to do pretty well. Like that's tried and true and hasn't changed much, but, um, I think more than anything, that preparation, whether it works or not, it gives you another a layer of confidence, like a psychological level of confidence of, okay, I've put in this work, I've prepared, I know this guy, and now I'm going to go and, and, and get him out. So all those things are definitely important when you're competing at the highest level. Yeah. And obviously hitters are game planning for you as well. And they've got their index card of information on you. So was it, has there ever been at bats where you kind of go into it, the game plan, and then you're kind of like, okay, this guy knows what I'm trying to do. And you've kind of had to switch it up on the fly. What does that, I'm sure that's happened before. So what does that kind of look like when you have that chess match and you've got your game plan, they've got yours and you got to figure out how to make it work. Yeah. That's the most fun part about playing the game. I think um, is the, it's almost like a anticipative or like an emotional aspect where I can almost sense that, okay, he, he thinks he knows what I'm going to do here and he's anticipating mm-hmm. it. And there's been different ways that I've used that. There's been times where, okay, if I think, if I know he's looking for a pitch that's going to be on the corner of the plate away, I know if I throw that pitch just an inch and a half or two inches, a little bit farther off the plate, I'm, he's going to swing because he's looking for it. I can, I can sense that he's looking to, to hit that pitch, but I'll put it just out of the reach of his barrel. And, and so that's one instance that I could think of or other times yeah. where they're, you know, where I'm, it's just like a, almost like an ego battle where I'm just pumping heaters, <laughs> trying to blow by them. They're just looking, I'm fouling them off and they're, and they're just, yeah. and they're just, and it's just like, no, like just masculinity at its finest, just mono y mono. <laughs> Man, uh, I'm gonna keep pumping it. We're, you know, I'm, I'm gonna win this thing. <laughs> That's awesome. Dude, that is awesome. Uh, I have a question for both of you guys. Kind of switching gears a little bit here. Getting back to talking about kind of the Cardinals' plans, roster construction. I want to start with JD. Is there a starter that like no one has mentioned yet? Um, maybe someone who's not necessarily like the sexiest option out there, um, but somebody that like nobody's talked about, or at least that you've seen. Where you're like, yeah, the Cardinals could go get that guy, and it would be a really nice under the radar move. Well, I think you would go to teams that have a lot of pitching available. So yeah. I would be drawn more to like a, a Seattle or a Miami right now because they've got young arms and they've got some. Miami's always intrigued me because they've got younger guys who have been hurt 
that yes. were on the path to be very successful. Like Max Myers is a good then, example, right? Yeah, and then injuries kind of took them down. And then, you know, some of those guys, when they're out for as long as they are, they they kind of get forgotten about, and you forget how good they were coming up in the system. Yeah. And those are the kind of ones that, you know, maybe you could sneaky target them and uh, try to deprive them away. It's not like the Marlins don't know they have them anymore, but mm -hmm. those are some of the guys that, you, you know, you might want to, you know, take a flyer on and see if yeah. you could uh, – you know, talk uh, talk your way into to, to bringing them back. Maybe maybe Skip will do you a solid and uh, say, hey, you know, go ahead, throw them a bone, let them get over there, and uh, and maybe some of these guys too have lost, um, you know, their positioning. Like maybe they're not going to get the innings that they might deserve at the, this point uh, of their careers at the major league level, and they're kind of toiling away at AAA, waiting for that next opportunity. And we know how it is; a change of scenery can do some people good. So um, Miami seems like a, a team that's got a couple of those type of guys available so that that's where i would be looking uh seattle looks like they're they're not ready to budge on anything and no, they're uh no, they're not they're they're, 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 they're they're fighting it man they they're like yeah, i don't know why why should we get rid of all this depth we've got right now so uh i would be more leaning towards miami skip schumacher you've got a a, a nice little uh relationship down there so yeah. maybe something there could happen give my under the radar reliever <laughs> is he is he pitching for the new news podcast right now <laughs> maybe <He's> closing maybe <laughs> closing it out I'm, I'm working december 19th i mean dang I'm, I'm just getting getting my reps in here for the season yes sir oh we love it I mean, I think we'd all be very, very uh, excited if there were uh, some kind of reunion happening here. I know we talked about that last time. Trevor, I wonder, like, when you hear us talk about, like, or in general, when you hear fans talk about trades and it's like, oh, I'd love to do this kind of thing or sign this player. And, like, if you've ever had your name thrown around in conversations like that, like, how does that feel as a player when you're like, oh, I wonder what Cardinal fans think? Oh, they want to trade me for this pitcher. Like, how does that feel as, like, I don't know, because it's just what we do as fans, right? We're like, we all want to play John Mose. Like, I know you talked about in the bullpen before. You've talked about, like, oh, if we do this and that, we can become a better club. But what is that like as a fan or, like, listening to the fans' perception of that? And then maybe even in the clubhouse, when you're looking around, you're like, oh, we could use another third baseman. Like, how does that feel thinking about looking at the current third baseman you have right now or something like that? <laughs> yeah, that's – um, it is it is it is weird. I th I would say it's – it's equally for me, like from my personal experience, it's equally as weird as seeing yourself be a major league baseball player where it's like, mm. yeah. I, I got there, it was a dream. And then all of a sudden I'm wearing the, the Redbirds uniform and playing in Bush stadium and I'm like, okay, this is, this is like a, a surreal type of experience. And I think it, that goes hand in hand with hearing other people talk about you, especially in that nature, you know, there's the other side of people talking negatively about you and all that comes with it, which for me, it's always been a little bit of a detachment of like, that's, uh, it's not, I don't take it personal. I should say like, it's kind of, yeah. that's, that's the guy in the uniform and it's part of the job, whatever. But I would say like being in trade talks, um, it, it's kind of, uh, at least the, the times that I've been in, it's, it's kind of like a, a positive, it's like, you know, there's some, anytime there's, some, you're a value of somebody, if somebody wants you and, you know, they're going to trade for you to get them, get you on their team, whether you're leaving one team or not. Um, it's kind of, it's kind of cool. It's, again, it's surreal because you're like, okay, the, all these people really 
are invested in, in what's going on with, with Trevor Rosenthal. And I'm like, I'm just, you know, a normal guy, but um, I, I was traded one time is unfortunately during the, the shortened 2020 season. But um, I remember then thinking like I was going from a bad team to a better team or, you know, from a <laughs> decent team to a much better team. So it was like, okay, this is cool. Like I feel flattered almost. And, um, and there was times when I was in St. Louis where my name was thrown in the hat or in speculation of different trades as well. So, um, and nothing ever ha- came of it, but I, I think it's good. I, I, I enjoy it. I enjoy playing bullpen GM or, you know, front office manager. So I get it. I get the, uh, the speculation and everything that comes along with the business. Yeah. Follow up. So I guess, uh, I know we've talked a little bit about potentially what you'd want to do post baseball and I, it sounds like you've got a lot of different options. Do you think like if you were to be involved with the game still that you would lean toward the coaching and player development type stuff, or do you think you would want to be a part of a front office and the people that are making the calls on player personnel moves? Yeah. At some point I'm, I'm, I would love to get under the hood a little bit per se of, of what, these departments in in the front office look like for player procurement, for player development, um, player analysis. And it seems like there's somewhat of a sophisticated system and each team has their own kind of proprietary work that they've put in place. Um, And at this point in my career and having spent most of my life in the game, um, it would be cool to see what the, those approaches looked like, and I haven't had the opportunity to really dive into that um, up to up until this point. So, to answer your question, I mean, I, I definitely have a lot of things on the checklist that I would like to to check off and and kind of go full circle and um, really, you know, the game that we all love, the game that I've been so fortunate to be involved in and and just to see all aspects of it whether that's a front office or coaching position broadcasting whatever it may be i mean it's a it's a great industry and there's so many cool ways to stay involved yeah there's a a scene in moneyball where they're teaching jonah hill's character how to fire somebody could you fire somebody (laughs) like just getting the vibes of you you're like so nice could you fire somebody and tell them like you're out of here bud you're not good. <laughs> I think you're. I think you're right. I don't know. That would be hard. That would be hard. They'd have to be really messing up. I don't know. <laughs> like, what if you had? What if you got a job in a front office? And you had to fire somebody you used to play with, or Ooh, like oh a coach of yours before? Could you do I even. It? I even think about like a GM. Like, man, like you got this young kid, and you know, sending him down in the minor leagues and crushing his dreams, and. He's got a family, and I'm just like, I don't know. I mean, I'd probably have a hundred people on the roster that shouldn't be on the roster. <laughs> <laughs> Your forty man roster would be like eighty, and the MLB be calling, be like, Trevor, yeah. you can't do that. What is happening? Yeah, Trevor, all the why rules. is Taylor Motter still on your roster? <laughs> yeah, oh. he's forty six. <laughs> I love it. No, it's um. I've, I've had some good friends that are in the front offices and, and that's kind of surreal now too. You guys were talking about Skip Schumacher. We played together and, and now seeing guys like him, Descalzo getting, getting into some positions. Um, it, it's cool. I mean, it's cool to see guys like that who I, I know are, are just great dudes and great baseball guys to con, you know, continue to, to give back. I saw 
Descalzo at the uh, winter meetings, and I, and I told him, I'm like, man, like I talk about you all the time. Like you were such a great teammate. Like you you were so you know important in the clubhouse, and like I know like you taking this position is, is uh, you know, a choice for you and it's a sacrifice being away from your family or not, but you're going to, you know, play such a huge role in these, in these kids' lives and in this organization. So um, it's cool to see that. Is there anybody else that you, that you played with, with the Cardinals that you think could make a good manager or coach someday that it was just one of those guys that was like, dude, he just gets it. He's just that kind of guy who could be in charge of a ball club. Outside of Yachty, since we know that's probably something that he will do at some point. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I'm good friends with Ollie. Like, I met him when I was coming up through the system. I really think that he's a great dude. And I, I, I haven't, you know, been under his management or been close to it at all. But I think he has a great fit for, for that role right now. Um, there, gosh, I'm trying to think of, like, coaches i mean discalzo for sure um so many guys i think would do great just because of their experience and their passion for the game um but it's a hard job like i can't it's hard to you know mesh the ones that would be good and the ones that would also be willing to go into that because uh, oftentimes you know as a player you you go through the grind and and then once you're done, you're like, man, I don't know. Going back into coaching and that same grind that that I had as a player, I don't, I don't know if that's for me. But um, I, I think I, I don't know. David Freeze, David Freeze might be Ooh. a good guy to have around. Um, he he's a very likable guy and gets along with everybody. And I, for a while there, he was posting a little bit on social media some opinions he had on on swings and hitters' approach. So. Uh, I think he's intellectual about about the work that he's put in, so he might be a good one. Um, I know uh, Lance Berkman stays pretty involved down here in in Houston with with a with at the college level, but maybe he would consider something professionally. Uh, Chris Carpenter definitely comes to mind um, as another one. I know he's he's dipped his toes in the water a little bit, but maybe in the future he'll want to get back more involved. Uh, with the organization, St. Louis specifically. Um, I don't know. What do you got, JD? You got any any ones that come off the top of the head? Well, John Jay might be well, interesting too because he's been first base coach right at the Marlins, a yeah, third base yeah. coach. So he seems like he's on the track. But that's the only one other one that would come to mind. I was wondering if, like, you know, you see Matt Carpenter's career starting to wind down a little bit. You know, he just got moved again. I, I wonder what – he would be as as a guy that wasn't because i always think about guys who weren't expected to be superstars and then come up and just do amazing things and are able yeah. to uh outplay what scouts thought that they were going to be um like i, I wonder if a matt carpenter would be somebody he uh seemed like he was a, a good fit so, you know he's a winner and uh i don't know i've always just been really appreciative of uh, what matt carpenter brought to the table especially in those lean years when he was having a tough time with the team and yet he still went out there, still grinding, and everybody still had his back. And, uh, you know, those are the toughest situations when everything isn't going right. And he's still showing up every game and uh, doing what he does. And I, I don't know. He just seemed like a guy that, that might be somebody who, if he wanted to get into coaching, I know you mentioned like how difficult that is to go back to the grind again after you've been doing it for a career. So, I don't know. He's somebody that, that comes off the top of my head. 
Yeah, his his um his dad actually has an extensive background in coaching. I think he's in the yeah. like Texas, you know, high school coaching Hall of Fame. So maybe that's rubbed off on him. I think he might be on the right track there. Um, that's awesome. Yeah. Well, I got one more question. I don't know if he would be a good coach, but I, I mean, you played with my favorite player of all time. Most people don't know this. My favorite player ever is Alan Craig. I grew up just like loving him, loved watching him play. Super clutch too. Always good with runners in scoring position. I think I've got to be one of the only people at the ballpark walking around in an Alan Craig jersey when I wear it. It's That's custom, awesome. right? I needed it. So um, do you have like one Alan Craig story for me? I was sitting there and I was like, man, I got to ask about this. I got to know. Hmm. Well, I mean, a story that we're probably all familiar with was was a game three in 2013. Um, So what I remember most about that moment, you know, if for those of you who aren't aware, is the game three ninth inning. Craig gets tied up with Will Middlebrooks at third base on a on a pretty crazy play. A great play by Dustin Pedroia at second base to make a throw home, but. Uh, tailed up and then the he ends up being the walk-off winning run for us to score and that moment was insane we all come running out of the dugout we're super excited we won we're like yeah we're gonna dogpile go crazy and Kreger is just pancaked on the ground just laying there I'm like <laughs> okay I don't know like should we celebrate or is like is he okay like what's going on it was like it was what do we do? Kind of like a back and forth. Like, do we get the paramedic? Do we keep <laughs> jumping and high-fiving? Um, That's awesome. But he had been dealing with an ankle injury. And, and yeah. I guess the side helm guy tweaked it a little bit. And he ended up walking off the field. Everything was okay. But um, – that's my – when I think of Alan Craig, like, that. that's the first story that always comes to mind for that's sure. That's awesome. Yeah. Oh, did we lose Yeah, Josh? it was actually at that game. I don't know what happened to John. Oh, here, here, here he is. It's happened okay. last time too. Oh, you you were at that game? Yeah, I was I was at that game. We talked about this last last time. Is uh, awesome so I story. thought I thought we might have talked about it. Yeah. That's so cool. Well, Trevor and JD, thanks for joining us. We really appreciated it, especially Leslie and I too. Is really just really yeah, appreciate talking talking baseball, talking Cardinal baseball again. Thanks to everyone in the stream who's been here and anyone who's donated so far, even just come and hang out. This has been super awesome. We've had an awesome guest lineup throughout the day. Really appreciative of everyone who's been able to come along for the ride. Um, again, keep close watch on Trevor as he makes his comeback, and um, hopefully he latches on with the team here soon, and we're looking forward to seeing you in 2024. And then obviously, J.D., you can catch him on the Lockdown Cardinals podcast, so he's got all that stuff going on as well. Subscribe over there on YouTube and catch all their stuff going. So anything from you, J.D., or Trevor, as we close out? No, man, thanks for thanks for doing this. I'll, I'll, you guys have a great thing going here. Um I appreciate you involving me. Thanks for doing the work for Brace for Impact. JD, great to connect with you. Um, be looking forward to keeping up with the Cardinals this year through you guys. Awesome. Thanks, Thanks Trevor. So really much appreciate it, man. Such a pleasure to have you on, Trevor. So much fun.